You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and creator of The Dev Method for Goal Setting Simplified. You can't reach your goals on your own, you need your people. So every week I bring together three of my people to dive into the topic of the week, and then it magically becomes an episode of The Dev Show Podcast on the Marketing Podcast Network. So whether you are watching live or the replay or listening to us, we are so glad you're here. And most importantly, we are glad you're here to talk about journaling, which happens to be one of my favorite topics because... I will say this again, journaling is like the magic thing. It helps you work everything out. It helps you generate ideas. It's just magic. And I believe my guests this week feel the same way. And if they don't, I guess we're going to have an even different lively conversation. Uh, so today I have with me a Jen Jones Donatelli from Creative Group. I know that you are so into Writer's Way and the power of journaling. So I'm so glad you're here to join us. And then Linda Monk. You are the head of the International Association of Journal Writers, which I think is, by the way, amazing that it exists, but that is your thing. So I'm really jazzed about that. And then Sherry Pear, um, who's a cartoonist. So excited to have that added element into this conversation. Um, I feel like I kind of introduced you all, but not really. So please share a little bit more of who you are, what you do, and why this topic is so meaningful to you. So Jen? Yeah. And before I introduce myself, I was just sitting here thinking about how Deb is kind of like a curator, along with being the Your Goal Guide, you know, guru. Um, you're kind of like <laughs> a curator of like really interesting people. And you've been doing this for a long time. So I always enjoy the new people and new insights that you bring into my life. So thank you, Deb. Thank you so much for being here. And I, I love this. People said, how do you network? I said, well, I just invite my friends to be on my show. Okay. It's working for you. It's working for you. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks, Chad. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so a little bit about me. So I've been working in the creative field for uh, many years, um, kind of done a lot of different things, worked in film and TV. Um, I was a freelance writer and editor for many years. Uh, writing for magazines, websites, copywriter. Um, I was a work for hire author for two different publishers. So writing is such a passion of mine. And over the years, I started um, teaching courses on writing, creativity, and self-expression. And over time, I found that that was energizing me so much that I've kind of moved from being a freelance writer and editor um, full-time into my business, Creative Groove. So through Creative Groove, I offer... Um, you know, courses, workshops, and coaching programs really around creativity and self-expression. 
And one of my signature programs is in the artist way, which is a best-selling book by Julia Cameron. That's been around actually 31 years now. It's kind of like a timeless tome of reconnecting to your creativity. And one of the central tools of the book is, um, something we call the morning pages, which is basically a daily journaling practice. And the artist way has been part of my life for over 15 years. So it's really through the artist way that I've fallen in love with journaling. So I'm here today to talk a little bit about the morning pages practice, as well as kind of how the artist way and journaling has really impacted me both personally and professionally. Linda. Hi, everyone. It's great to be with you all who are inspired and interested in journaling. It's truly one of my life passions. I am the director and owner of the International Association for Journal Writing, and we're a membership community for journal writers worldwide. Uh, I'm a registered social worker, and I'm a certified life coach, and I spent many years doing work in the burnout prevention space. I still do lots of workshops uh, that support helpers and healers with their own self-care and well-being. And when I uh, was in, in my first few years as a social worker, I really used journaling for my own self-care. And in my studies, I learned how important it was to have a reflective practice, a way to come home to the self, a way to replenish and heal and process what was high emotion in that type of work. And I became so passionate about it that I started teaching journaling for self-care workshops uh, to other helping professionals, educators, healthcare workers, and it just became more and more central to, to the work that I do and has had many iterations. Uh, the IAJW will celebrate its seventh year uh, in January. And uh, I really just am passionate about how journaling is such a simple act taking that time for ourselves to pause and go to the page and express our thoughts and feelings without judgment, with self-compassion, it's how profound it is, how something so simple has so many transformative benefits. The research shows us that, but those of us who are journal writers know from our own experiences that I personally believe I've actually become a different person with journaling. It, it really isn't just something that I do. It's really part of, of who I am at a very fundamental level. And to me, that's just so exciting. It's mind-blowing what good can come of such a simple practice. Mm -hmm. uh, Sherry, cartoonist, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's so nice to meet all of you. Um, so... I'm a cartoonist and half of being a cartoonist besides the drawing is the writing part. So I've been writing my whole life. You know, uh, I remember keeping, whenever I was in a bad place, I would write in my diaries when I was in third and fourth grade, um, somewhere they exist and I hope nobody finds them. Um, but, uh, I've, I also do a lot of, um, I used to do more. I'm going to be starting that up again. I do, I would do sketch journaling, uh, where I would, um, draw something and then write about what I've drawn. I've, um, drawn, uh, I've, I've written journal entries and then done like comic gag comics to emphasize a point. So I like to incorporate, um, art into my journaling when I can. I do also love a good, um, uh, have the commit 30, like the little handbook calendar for scheduling and stuff like that. So I, I just like anything where I can write physically not just do it on the computer. But also fun fact is that I created a coloring journal uh, as a collaboration with, with motivational writer, Kristen Sherry, who has a maximized 
365 book that I've done a companion book with. So I would illustrate some of her catchphrases and, and thoughts. And I'd have like, th I, there were 30 illustrations there along with pages and quotes and stuff to, to, um, to write your own thoughts with. So I did that a few years ago, which was really fun to do. So I love journaling and writing and art when they merge all together. Which is exactly why I thought you'd be a wonderful added bonus to the conversation because it really is about getting the ideas and thoughts out of your head and onto the page. Not everybody does it with words. And I, I, and I think having that balance and say, and, and I think I, I have a cheat in my book because I've got a chapter on directed journaling uh, that says, if you are not the type to handwrite or type or whatever, however you get the words out, whether it's through verbally and then you have a transcribe or doodling, it's about getting things out of your head and onto the page because then you could do things with them. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, I do most of my artwork these days on the iPad. So I do it on on uh, digital medium. So with writing my words, it's just so much nicer to write on paper and pen, you know, and 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 get it out that way. So it's just a good, you know, sometimes I, I'm a recovering perfectionist. So I would love to like draw on paper and make everything perfect. Um, but with journaling, you don't feel like you have to, cause it's just your thoughts, it's, you know, you're not showing it to anybody. So it's just a great way to, like you said before, to get it, get your thoughts out of paper when you go to sleep at night to remove anything that's in your head. So you can have a good night's sleep, or I love doing a to-do list when I remember it, I'm not completely passed out. I like to do a to-do list for the next day so that, you know, that's out of my head and it's on the paper. It's not, it's not ruminating at night when I'm trying to get some nice REM sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so do any or all of you remember your first significant journaling experience? Okay, silence. Well, Not the best for the podcast, but that's okay. We can work with it. I was just wondering, I mentioned that I, when I was cleaning out my parents' house, I found some like third, fourth grade journals. And it was really funny to see what I would put in there in third grade. I don't, you know, so they're somewhere around. I don't remember where I put them. Um, but, um, it's just funny to see third, fourth grade thoughts and, and thinking, oh, wait, I remember thinking that. And now it reinforced that it, ha it did exist. <laughs> it, it, can, it, some of them are very cringeworthy for sure. <laughs> I can do a show and tell of my first journal. Oh, it's like the size of a postage stamp with a oh. pencil down the side. I was about eight or nine years old when I started journaling and it was sort of sporadic. I remember those early journals with the many people probably do the lock and key. It was all very top secret. Uh, this is my journal now. It's much bigger. It has a pen down the spine still, uh, but obviously I have more to say. And um, but it's still, you know, the, those early experiences. What I can really remember is I had a, a desk in my bedroom and it had a hutch. Of, of bookshelves and I had a, a fluorescent desk lamp you kind of have to pull up the switch for it to start and push it down and it had this very characteristic hum and I still have a very distinct memory of being just at my desk as a young girl and as a as a teenager with the sound of this desk lamp going while I would while I would journal and it's very visceral, the memories of um, feeling like it was special, and it still does. It feels like it's special to 
you know, I think that moment we go to the page, whether as a young person at different stages in our life, we're saying there's something about our lives that matter. It matters to take time to capture our stories. It matters to know and grow and care for ourselves through this act of, of writing things down. And it's just so important for it to be uncensored. And I think as, you know, sometimes as journal writers, people are afraid, well, what if someone reads my journal? And the more controlled our writing gets, or if we're writing it for the fear that someone else will read it, we don't get the same benefits as when we can just go freely and trust ourselves and be with the truth of our lives as we write, really getting what's on the inside out, getting our observations of these lives we're living down. So I think that as a young person, those first memories, just I savor that it was something special. It was always a place I could go to just have my own time to be with my own thoughts. No one was telling me what to do or, you know, it was just something I could do for myself. And it's exactly the same to this day. It's something I can do for myself that I love, that I know benefits me and my life and the many roles in my life. Yeah. I just want to say, I really loved your Snoopy journal because I think half the, half the fun of having a journal is deciding what image it is. And as a cartoonist, I appreciated that Snoopy was on your first one so yeah I actually lost this and um when my dear aunt Barb passed away my cousin Lori was going through her belongings and she found this and she's a little bit older than me and she remembered seeing me with this as a little girl and it, it made its way back to me many years later and um oh. yeah you know we can make our journals our own I love putting stickers on the cover and um you know, collaging, and not everyone has sort of that artistic element to their journals, but you can, you can do it, you can be any size, it can be lines, plain, small, large, you know, it, you can, it's your own playground, it's really your own special, special place to go and special place to be. My senior year of high school for my creative writing class, journal, journaling was like mandatory. We had to do five pages a week, we could do more, he never read them. But he always checked and some people would do the minimum. Some people would do entire books in a week. I was somewhere in between there. But I love that that's really what first instilled the practice for me because you saw so much power in getting those words out. Yeah, Deb, you're making me think about something that uh, my kid's first grade teacher implemented last year that I thought was really effective. And I wish would have been around, you know, when we were all younger is uh, I don't know what they called it. But they basically had a feelings book and it was like a composition book that they kept in their desk and they would write or draw their feelings in it each day. And they, they and the teacher would write back and forth and that level of trust that you just mentioned, you know, with your teacher. I mean, I know you said your teacher didn't read them, but this was a way to kind of confide in their teacher and explore their feelings, which obviously is one of the outcomes of journaling. But I just thought that was so special um, and a great way to start journaling at a young age. Cause like all of you, you know, I had the lock and key diaries that I, you know, lived by. And as we're all talking, I'm thinking about um, David Nadelberg and his work with Mortified. I don't know if any of you are familiar with Mortified, uh, but basically it's a stage show. Um, it, I don't know if it's still around. It was kind of around, I would say like early two thousands, um, maybe about 10 years ago, but it was stage shows that would happen all around the country and there were chapters and basically it would be an open mic night where people would read out of their um, teen angst diaries 
and there were anthologies that came out of it and um you know lots of laughs obviously in the live shows but again i think it harkens back to the fact that journaling brings out a lot of the universal themes that we all share and kind of the not to get too deep with it but like the human experience and so we can all relate when we do get that glimpse into other people's diaries especially from being younger someone needs to put a business together where all the journals get sent to this archive for people who do not want their family members to be reading them. That's interesting. That's I mean, Linda talked about too, how there's kind of this fear that people will see your journal. And that's something that comes up a lot in my artist way classes, you know, people not wanting to get too real with the morning pages out of fear that a family member might find it or friend. And um, one of the things she talks about in the artist way is that, the morning pages are meant to be kind of of the moment. So they're not necessarily chronicling your life in a legacy kind of way. It's more about brain drain and clearing the mental real estate to just get everything out on the page and make more room for clarity and creativity throughout the day. So she says, you know, if you want to shred them, if you want to put them in the fireplace, you know, they don't need to have that permanence. Um, it's more important for these purposes that you just be as real as possible, put it all on the page and, say whatever you want without fear of maybe it being seen by others. It's such a common question people have. What do they do with their journals? Do they keep them, burn them? Uh, it, you know, it's a re and also just over the years, the square footage <laughs> it can take to store our journals. I certainly have like half a shed of them. Um, but I think it's something, you know, some people will never share their journals with other people and and nor do they want to. Some will make legacy projects. Some will use their journals for raw material for other projects. Mm -hmm. Like I think of the numerous book projects I've done. My journal's been part of that process where I, like right now, for example, I'm working on my adoptee memoir. And I can go back in my journals and there's so much raw material there. I was writing in my journal, like when the doorbell rang and I met my biological mother for the first time, I would never have all that like raw material of, of, of like, what was I wearing? What was I feeling right was while I was waiting for her to arrive. But because it was part of my journal, even though I wasn't keeping the journal for the purpose of writing the memoir, that decision came later. The fact that I had a journal is supporting that other writing project. But the, the question of what to do with them is, is an individual choice, but I think it is worth thinking about. So for example, in my will, I have specifications about what I want to happen with my journals when I die, who they go to, what I want her to do with them. And if I, you know, if she predeceased me, I would update my, my will. Uh, so, you know, give some care and thought to it. What, what do you want to have happen to them? I cannot imagine this. I cannot imagine rereading them. My journals every now and then I'll like peruse something. I'm like, really? That was me. Okay. Yeah, that was me. But I can't imagine destroying them either. Mm. Right. No, <laughs> there's a middle ground in there somewhere, somewhere. And, and I, I have, and, and it's not even my journals, you know, I live by, by legal paths and sometimes they're more journaly than others. Um, but because there's so much power in, as I said before, getting the words out, my words are literally everywhere, <laughs> which is a good thing. And, and we've already kind of, dived into this, but I feel like I need to ask the pointed question, and we'll start with you on this, Linda. What is the value of journaling? I know you could go for like two hours, but let's just keep that. Yeah, 
I think one of the real value is that you truly get to know who you are, not who other people are telling you to be, not what society is telling you to be, not the ascribed roles were given, but you actually are, are crafting your own life story, literally through journal writing. You see your patterns, you see your stuck places, you see your hopes, your dreams, your hurts, you see the ordinary moments of your daily life, and you see them in a way that you might not if you were not observing them as the writer. It's one thing to think our thoughts. It's another thing to actually put them on the page. And in that act of doing that, we are transformed. Something in us actually is greatly impacted. And um, the value is that we're saying we actually want to know who we are. We want to be self-aware, conscientious, awake human beings and live our lives from that place. We want to love from that place, parent from that place, serve, lead, run businesses from that place. And I don't know of any other practice like a regular writing practice that gives us so much richness for our own self-discovery and self-awareness. And, you know, then there's all the other value that comes from this. We improve our relationships with other people. The more deeply we're in an intimate and, and self-aware relationship with ourselves, like we are as journal writers, it puts us in a more aware, attuned, compassionate relationship with others. And I've seen that play out many times in my own life and in other people's lives. So even though journaling is a solitary practice done for ourselves, it doesn't have to be done in isolation. I lead regular journal writing and writing alone together circles. I wrote a book called Writing, co-authored a book called Writing Alone Together about the healing power and compassionate and community building power of journaling with others. Uh, so I, I could talk for hours on this, and, and I do, um, but I'll, I'll just leave it at that. I think the value is you truly do get to know yourself in a way that you likely wouldn't if you didn't have some sort of regular self-reflective practice. And that self-awareness changes everything in your life and for the better. Exclamation point underline. Absolutely. <laughs> So, Jen, what yeah, do you plus think? Plus one, definitely, to all of that. It's hard to imagine stating the benefits better, but I'll add to what Linda said. Um, I think it also gives you a reason to carve out time and space for yourself each day to explore your own feelings and emotions. And that's something in today's social media, 24-7, long to-do list, uh, you know, commitments, you know, all the time. It's hard to uh, make that time and space for yourself. So this kind of gives you a ritual and a chance to just sit with yourself, sit with how you're feeling, put it on the page, and to carve out that time. It's ideally every day. Not everyone journals every day, and you can still get benefit out of it, um, you know, if you don't do it a daily practice. Um, but I think it is just that good reminder to spend some time with yourself and allow your feelings and thoughts some time to breathe. Really good point. because, And especially, you know, in the realm that I'm in, in goal setting, you know, uh, the goal of me time, maybe it is every day, likely it isn't, but even in small increments, they add up and it's time to choose yourself. Yeah, exactly. And also, I mean, especially for gratitude journaling, there's a lot of documented studies out there about kind of the health and wellness benefits you can get specifically from doing gratitude journaling, you know, everything from better sleep, less stress, there's kind of this laundry list of 
um, both physiological and mental well-being benefits you can get from gratitude journaling. And I would venture to say they extend to other types of journaling as well. So Sherry, what do you have to add to the benefits of journaling? Yeah, I was definitely going to say self-care is a really um, big thing where, you know, you get to be bold and to remove the thoughts from your head and, and say things that you wouldn't necessarily say out loud. Um, and it, it kind of, it's a little bit, maybe more of a step further from what both you other ladies said, like it's the same thing, but you know, uh, in the first time, so as a, as a cartoonist, I'd always like work with my pencil and then ink over it. But in the journals, I'm like, aha, I'm going to go straight with the ink and I'm going to go and do the things that I don't normally want to do. So it is a great way to get to know yourself, um, and to carve out time and to, you know, really give you the time and the space to have a, have a cushion to, play around with the things you wouldn't necessarily play around with and say the things that you wouldn't necessarily say. I love that the way you put that is you get to be bold. You get to be as much you as you want because it's, it's like a gift to you. Uh, I, I will add one more reason that I love journaling so much is I believe it's like the ultimate for problem solving. Because people think, people try frequently unsuccessfully to figure things out in their head. Hmm. But if you have a problem and you're working it out through your words, then you can objectively take a look at it. And it can be, if let's say you're writing a story, you don't know what your main character wants to do. Or if you have to make a decision when writing it out, the answers, the decisions, they'll be more clear. So not only is it good for, for creativity and emotional support and, and also tracking what's going on in the world, it's, it's so wonderful if you're faced with a challenge, a great way to work it out. Yeah, actually at uh, week 10 or 11, I believe it's 10 of The Artist's Way, and this kind of contradicts what I said before about shredding your morning <laughs> pages, uh, but one of the suggestions she gives as an exercise is to go back over your morning pages and use two colors of highlighter. So one highlighter you use to notice common threads or themes that keeps coming up in your journaling. The other one is to notice uh, potential action steps that you might take. So say for instance, and this is kind of a, you know, a bigger example, but if you keep talking about quitting your job, you know, that might point to an action step that you'd like to take. But you made me think of that when you mentioned problem solving, Deb, because sometimes the answers might be, right inside your journal if you take time to just kind of sit with it and see how it's speaking to you. Well, and, and so I, I just have to, to briefly tangent. So um, the Deb method, it's determine your mission, explore your options, brings from your path. Explore your options is all about putting the possibilities on the page, mm-hmm. finding the common threads, doing the research so you could put a plan into action. So yes, 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 yes. I I think that awareness to action piece is really part of what keeps people journaling for decades, Mm. because it's not just like the musings, that's all part of it. But we we don't just write what we know, we write to discover new things. That's why we we stay curious and open. And I wonder wonder what's going to come today on the, you know, in my journal. So it really is... um, allowing ourselves the permission to be surprised by what comes and to be willing to take action, inspired action in our lives based on that awareness. 
So I remember years ago, I kept writing about how I wanted to start my own business. And at the time, I was a medical social worker in a hospital, I had a good career job, I'd gone, you know, had got three university degrees to get that job. And I kept seeing in my journal that I wanted my own business. I'm like, what's this about? First of all, I don't really know any social workers who have their own business. Um, and, 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 but then I realized, like, that's my inner truth speaking. So then I started writing about, well, what, what might that business be? Well, how might I do that? And I, I would go to the journal with questions. And our questions make wonderful journaling prompts. Sometimes I'll just make a list of questions I have in my life right now or questions in my parenting or my business. And I'll make a list of those questions. And then those questions become my journaling prompts. And we're literally, you know, going inside for our own, our own insights and answers. I've made so many life decisions because something appeared in the pages of my journal first. So I eventually started my own business, even though I was scared and I didn't know what that would look like or if I'd make any money. But I'm like, I think I just have to do this because it keeps coming in my journal. I moved to an island at the age of 30 where I didn't know a soul because it kept coming up in my journal. You should move to that island you visited that time. You loved it so much. Go, go see what could happen. And I've been here for 23 years. I met my second husband here. We have two sons. I've been an entrepreneur the whole time I've been here. But if I wouldn't have been a journal writer, I don't know that one, I would have even those those in ideas might have come, but I might not have taken them so seriously as seeing them in black and white on the page over and over again. And then you're left with, okay, there it is. Am, am I going to take action? Because clearly something in me, this is the truth of my life right now. Am I going to listen to it? And you build your courage to listen. Because you start taking action on these insights or solving problems in your journal and you realize every time you've done that, it's always led to something better. It's always led to a path that was really, truly, you know, some, in some way meant to be or meant to be part of your life journey. So I've made so many decisions and I've built my confidence to make those decisions. Now, when I see something in my journal, I don't have to see it there for five years. It's like two months later, it's like, okay, I need to get on the plane. I need to buy that ticket. I need to make this change. I don't, I, because I trust what comes now. You, you build that strong relationship with your inner wisdom and intuition as a journal writer and helps you live an amazing life. Um, I was thinking about how journaling also helps you track synchronicity in your life. Because yes. I'm not kidding you. When I journal regularly, um, like for instance, I was talking to my journal about you know, how I wanted to reconnect with someone that I hadn't talked to for a few years, you know, and literally a few days later, that person shows up in my inbox, you know, totally unprompted. And it's, it's those, well, I mean, we dismissed this, dismissed them as coincidences, but they're actually synchronicity, right? And so your journal allows you to kind of connect those dots and say, wait a minute, there's synchronicity at play here. In, I, in something else you were talking before about the gratitude journal, I like the idea of a wind journal, so even if you're not big on doing a lot of journaling, just to write like one to three things that happen every day. So when you're like, okay, everything is taking so long, right, to get where I want to go, but you can also track your progress and see the wins, but even more importantly, celebrate them as you're, you're working on getting toward the destination. 
I wonder if there's a whole topic on manifestation in journaling too. I don't know. I mean, just like something like that, you know, I feel is uh, when you speak something or write something and that comes about, you know, or there's some kind of magic right there. It, it, it brings, it does bring a power, but it, it's like the consciousness of it. Right. I, I know Linda wants to, to chime in on this one. So I will let you take that. So I was just going to say that there's actually some research on that, that when we think something, there's one likelihood it'll happen. When we think it and write it down, it's increased. And when we think, write, and speak it out loud to, to someone, it actually maximizes the likelihood it will happen. So with our goals, I mean, you probably know this, Deb, with your work with goals, the importance of that, that trilogy of, of thinking, writing, and speaking, because we activate, you know, many... Um, many things that uh, then help us make it happen. I did a, uh, I do these um, go to the page speaker series every year where I interview people on a theme. And one of them was how to use journaling to manifest your dreams and goals. Every speaker uh, spoke to that. It's exactly what you're saying, Sherry, this, you know, the whole area of journaling to manifest is a thing all by itself, just like gratitude journaling is a thing all by itself and, um, you know, so forth. And, and so the D and the Deb method is determine your mission. You can't get what you want unless you know what it is. But the seeing it, the thinking it, the believing it, and then obviously writing it down, figuring out your path, it all, it gives it power no matter which way you're looking at it. But it's sort of, it's, what is it called? The red car thing? When you buy a red car, all you see is red cars. Reticular yeah, activation yeah. system. Yeah. Thank you. I knew there was a fancy word for it, but that is when you think when you, or what is it, whether you think you can, or you think you can't, you're right. The more good energy you put towards the good things, the more power that you're giving to it and the better the chances of it turning into reality. Uh, and now I have an idea for a new thing to journal because I have this workshop that I um, had, had given a few times about called action, prayer, kindness where in order to manifest your dreams, you would have to take action, like do something and have prayer, which is like either whatever you believe is meditation or some form of, of, of or actually praying, whatever it is that you want to do and then doing an act of kindness. So I want to like go and now journal, like the action being like my journal, <laughs> like writing the thoughts down and then doing the other steps. So writing, praying, kindness um, and see what happens from there. I, I think... It, it all works together. It starts with the intent, but the action behind the intent. And I know I'm just rephrasing what you all are saying, but especially what Linda was saying with you write it down, it gives it power. You speak it, you think it, it gives it power. You write it down, it gives it power. You speak it, it gives it power. And when you keep your eye on the prize, but with that good energy, it also draws the goodness. It's also empowering, right? We are, we become empowered. We trust our voice. We trust our thoughts. We trust our own instincts uh, as a result of it. So, uh, you know, and when we're journaling, whatever we write is right. There's no way to get it wrong. We're always the experts of our own experience. And in that way, it's very empowering. You know, we're, we're sort of owning our own voices and the ability to um, use our journals to affect and impact how we feel. So sometimes people will journal just all the difficult things and the negative things, and they'll even stop when things go better. That's a, that's a really common journaling trajectory. And, and that's fine. Um, 
But we can also turn to our journals to, if we want more joy in our life, we can write about what brings us joy. If we want, you know, that's what you were saying, Jen, about gratitude journaling, how all those benefits that can come because it puts us in that positive energy, that positive vibrational state. And so our journals actually are such a companion for our mental health, our hope, our resilience, our positivity, all the things we want in our life. um, It can help us have. It is the cure-all, everything. World, you're welcome. Um, and, and Linda, you, you said before, you know, questions are good journaling prompts. I would love to do some either rapid fire and or interaction. What are some other really good journaling prompts? Vision, uh, drawings, <laughs> images, visual, visual things, quotes. Um, single word prompts, memories, uh, right, mindfulness prompts, like right now I feel, right now I notice, things that drop you right into the present moment. Okay. Yeah. I think visioning your ideal life too, speaking of manifestation, it's like, how do I want to feel? How do I want to be in the world? You know, what do I want to be different about my life or the same? You know, staying with gratitude, but also visioning you know, what, what could my life look like and where, where do I want to make changes or shifts to start moving closer to that? Oh, that reminds me of a class I took at the school of visual arts when I was there. I, I studied uh, cartooning and I had a teacher who had us write um, what our, we had to actually write about what our life would be like in five years from now as if we were journaling it in five years. So that's a really fun one mm-hmm. where you write about it's five years from now and I am currently blah, blah, blah. And uh, it's just, it's just really fun to, to write as if you're li- living the life that you want to live. I should probably update mine. It's been a lot longer than five years since I graduated. That's um, such a powerful journaling technique. Um, it's called uh, affirmative writing where you write the future as if it's the present. So you can start with, I'm so happy and grateful now that I have a best-selling adoptee memoir or I've lost 30 pounds or whatever, Uh, you know, writing it as if it's already happened is one of those um, manifesting tools. Did you ever turn to it, Sherry? Like, did you see if that actually came to be what you wrote down? Some of it did and some of it didn't because, so my life goal was to be a syndicated cartoonist. And then the month that I graduated from from uh, the month after I graduated from college, the first iPhone came out. It completely changed the course of everything I had learned the last, the previous four years. So um, my career goals kind of shifted over time. But you know, I I did I did get married, and I did have certain things that I had listed there of, of things that I wanted to do. And I married a Yankee fan, which was you know very specific of a request. <laughs> So, you know, oh, what was that in your the Yankee fan? I'm was pretty that in there? I was sitting down watching there the Yankees win the World Series, which I don't think happened that year, but it had happened within the five years. So there was another World Series in that period, just not then. So certain things, yes, and other things just were more of a pivot, you know. Well, but I, I don't know I, where it is, it's somewhere around. If I find it again, I'll have to <laughs> revisit it. <laughs> It's time to write a new one anyway. So yeah, I, I love that. So in, in the dev, it starts with visualization, right? Your current bio, your future bio, your mission, and your motto. So it's all of the things that where you're basically claiming the life you want and even like emotionally preparing yourself because anything is possible if you put in 
the time and the, okay, almost anything, most things, right? Because we don't want to do too many absolutes. But when you, it's a lot of what I talk about with goals is you're gifting yourself that time and that energy to choose yourself, choose the future you want so you can put the ideas into action. So, okay, other journaling prompts. I do something called the morning mojo sessions. And um, it's usually once a week. And what it is, is it's um, it's meant to be like kind of an express self-care routine. So there's about 10 to 12 minutes of journaling. Um, and then we do um, short movement and stretching. And then we, do, we conclude with a short tapping session and mantra. And so um, the journaling prompt I ask, ask each time for that is, what are your body, mind, and spirit trying to tell you on this new day? Ooh. And what do they tell you? Uh, it's different each day. <laughs> and then I do kind of a la carte prompts. So like the ones I'm looking at here are, what's an old story you're ready to shed? Um, what's Where's an area that you'd like to move from scarcity to abundance? What do you want to create today? So... It- all this wonderful goodness ties together, or rather ties back to journaling is me time. It's where you could be your most authentic self. Um, as Linda was saying at the top of this, you you get to embrace yourself because it's just you and the piece of paper. Okay, and I know you've got thoughts on this as well. The hen, computer, mm-hmm. drawing, speaking is that is that like the order of uh journaling importance i know there's studies that show that there's you get more out of it by physically writing but i also know that if someone's never gonna write with a pen they're better off finding a workaround thoughts yeah i talk about this a lot because um julia cameron's very prescriptive about how the morning pages should be done um, it's three pages written by hand every morning, um, stream of consciousness style. So just kind of like a brain dump, whether it's to-do list, you know, a dream you had last night, something you want to vent about, um, writing about your goals. It, it could really be anything. Um, but she also stipulates that it should be done by hand. Um, and you're exactly right, Deb. It's because research shows that we have this special kind of head, heart, hand co- connection, you know, where we're more honest with ourselves when we write by hand. However, um, and I always like to say, you know, if you're not a morning person or if, you know, your hand gets crampy when you're writing, you'd rather type, I'd rather people do what's sustainable for them. And I even had a group of students at one of my last Artist Way classes do what they called the lunar pages where they wrote at night. And so we talked about, okay, what benefits are you seeing from doing it at night? What benefits are you seeing from doing it in the morning? And so um, I always say, do whatever is sustainable for you. And that might be a remarkable tablet where you're writing on an iPad. Uh, it could be where you're typing into your computer or old fashioned way of, you know, simply writing with a pen and a journal. But, um, you know, I think there are really no hard and fast rules. You have to find what works for you. And that's how you can kind of get into your journaling groove. Linda, Sherry. Yeah, I agree. Go ahead, Sherry. No, go ahead, go ahead, Linda. I like what Jen said about doing what works for people because we want to minimize the obstacles to getting to it. So, you know, sometimes people have physical issues like arthritis in their hands and just holding a pen is is more painful for them or they, you know, they need to adapt so that it can work. 
there is, I do like the work in the neuroscience area. Uh, there's a wonderful book called Your Brain on Ink by Deborah Ross and um, Kathleen Adams and other, other studies that talk about um, how there are acupressure points in our dominant writing hands that correspond with the emotional centers in the brain so that when we're writing by hand, we actually have more access to our emotional insights, our emotional you know, sensory information. So I found that fascinating. And I think a lot of people like myself, for example, many of us, we spend a lot of time on computers or on digital, you know, phones and so forth. And to experiment, like, is there a different voice that comes when you sit with a piece of paper and write by hand compared to what's the voice that comes, you know, sitting in front of a computer? Um, and it, for me, I just prefer to get away from the computer and have that time on a different medium, but that doesn't mean it's the only way to do it. I know people who will do um, uh, like dictation uh, because they're, they're out on a walk and they want to capture some things. And so there's so many, we have so many opportunities with all the technology and so forth um, to, to journal. There's app journaling apps and, you know, software that can give you prompts and there's just so many ways and I just encourage people to try different things see what works for them what they prefer what feels most relaxing less like a, you know if you don't want to feel like oh I have to journal oh I have to go uh, you know you want it to feel like this thing you really want to get to and enjoy so whatever helps you do that I I love it because it should be well for the most part a, a joyful experience um, it can cry your eyes out too. It can break exactly. your heart. <laughs> but then you write about that and you have put yourself back together. Yes. Um, and so Sherry, did you have something to add? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just love what, what, uh, what was said about like the lunar journals and all that stuff, because, you know, I, I used to be a morning person, but then when once I have three young kids and mornings are so hectic now. Um, so I, I, you know, basically it's a whenever I can fit it in type thing, right? Mostly at night though, because that's when I'm things have wound down. It's calm, you know, I'm past the stage where the babies are waking up at night. So hopefully I can actually, you know, have time carved out for myself. Um, and it's, um, you know, I do love physically writing, but you know, to your point also, Linda, when I'm on the go, sometimes all I have is my phone. So I'll start a draft in my Gmail and then email myself um, some thoughts and, and whatnot, or have a, have a running Google doc where I put ideas or whatever down. So I try to I have priorities of how I like to, um, how, how I like to, uh, uh, write or fit anything in, you know, um, it's, it's just, uh, it is a preference, but sometimes it's also a necessity <laughs> or, or whenever you can. Yeah. There is no wrong answer is embracing the practice in the way that works best for you, because then you will do it. It's like exercise. Choose an exercise you will actually do. So right. you do the exercise. Uh, now, I can, first of all, I can believe that, that the time is passing so quickly. Uh, before we wrap, I would love for each of you to gift a goal to our audience. What is something that they can do today, tonight, tomorrow to journal or get better at journaling or explore journaling. So uh, Sherry, what goal would you like to gift? 
Um, so I think that's something that's been really helpful when I fall out of journaling and when I get back in is to pick one thing to write about, whether it's something that you, you know, like one topic, maybe a few points. So, um, something that you're grateful for or good deeds that a good deed that you've done for that day, because it's also important to acknowledge the positive things that I've done in your life. And also just to do a little doodle next to it, whether it's you make your own emoji or, you know, or uh, an illustration, something to make it come to life. So just like a one line or, or one topic and a few points with an illustration, like some kind of illustration, it just feels like you've accomplished something for yourself that day. I think at some point we're going to have to have you back and do like doodling 101 because <laughs> it's something that I personally would love, love to learn. I once, did, when I was working at Barnes and Noble all those years ago, I once did a, a poster for a kids event and they said, oh, it's so nice. You had a kid do the poster. The kid was me. <laughs> uh, but I, I love the idea of um, combining because it's not just about one or the other, but seriously, I'm making a note. We're going to do something doodling or art skills in the future. Sounds great. And you know, the, the thing about the doodle is that it should add to what you're not just simply illustrate what you've done. So when I, when I doodle my sketches in my journals, you know, I have one like a, a moment of the day and I, I do a little comic panel about that moment and illustrate it in that moment. So it's not something I'd written about. It's something that I've moved forward by thoughts by adding something different to it or it's a different con context. I love that. That's fantastic. So Jen, what goal would you like to gift? You know, I like to help people think about the creative conditions, the conditions under which they could be most creative. And so I guess my goal to help you set would be, you know, think about how you can make your journaling routine really juicy. You know, especially for those of you that are looking to start a journaling practice, what does that look like? You know, what's what's your special journaling spot? Or do you like to drink chamomile tea or listen to music while you're writing or have it be completely silent? Or you think about, you know, the habit sandwich. Like, do you want to do it after you make your morning coffee or, you know, before you exercise? Um, James Clear obviously has a lot of great advice about um, how to create habits. Um, he has what he calls a habit loop. So I'd suggest anyone looking into habit formation, um, definitely check that out. But yeah, my, my goal for you would be just if you're, if you're kind of having trouble getting into a good groove with journaling to think about what would make this routine you really look forward to each day and maybe just try little elements of that in the next few days and see what feels good. Linda, what goal do you want to gift? Well, I love everything that Sherry and Jen said, and I would add to, uh, and this sounds like a plug, but it isn't, um, to join a journaling community. You know, when we love uh, books, we join book clubs. When we like to knit, we join knitting clubs. There's something very inspiring and supportive. I really believe that connection fuels our creativity. It's, it is a regular source of inspiration to connect with other people who like journaling, who know the value of it. And I've just seen people not just transform their journaling, but really transform their lives through being part of our journaling community and, and or, or any journaling community that, you know, you find that matters to you. And what people say is it helps them create the habit. It helps them go deeper with their journaling. It helps them journal consistently. It helps them want to write in their journals. And, and it's also really fun. 
you know, it's just something that's positive in the midst of, you know, what can be stressful lives in a complex world, having that soft place to land, to turn up, to journal together, to be guided to journal, to connect with other journal writers. It's just so affirming and supportive. And it's something that, you know, I really wouldn't thought of. I've never been a writing alone together book, for example, it started from three of us who like journaling saying, well, what if we got together to journal? Like, would that be weird? It's something you normally do by yourself, but what if, what if we did? And we did. And we came together for three hours, once a month for over three years. And we started asking like, what's keeping us coming back? All of us journal outside of our time together. We all have our own journaling practices. And we started saying, well, Let's articulate what are the additional benefits we're getting from journaling together. And uh, that started, we said, well, what if we should write a book about this? Maybe other people would like to journal together. And that's how that book came to be. And so I kind of stumbled upon like this journaling with other people as something being so positive. And then, of course, now have an entire organization devoted to being in community with fellow journal writers and it it's really my own life has changed so much from it my writing has changed so much from it we get to meet other journal writers teachers authors and so that's my tip my goal is find or create join uh, fellow journal writers see the magic multiply well and you led perfectly into my next question which is where can people learn more about you and your organization we have a website iajw.org the international association for journal writing and uh, i have a free gift there uh, iajw.org slash journal writing all one word and it is seven servings of journal juice uh, where there's email seven days in a row that come with journaling prompts and tips and inspiration uh, and I also publish a weekly journaling newsletter filled with all that good stuff. I send out monthly journaling prompts and all kinds of stuff. So uh, that's the best place. Okay, fantastic. And that will be in the show notes as well. Uh, Sherry, where can people learn more about you? Um, you can check out my work on my website, sharipair.com, C-H-A-R-I-P-E-R-E. Dot com um, or I'm on the socials at Sherry Pear Art, C-H-A-R-I-P-E-R-E-A-R-T. Um, and on Amazon, you can, and I think on the Black Rose Writing Publisher website, you can check out my coloring journal book, the Maximize 365 coloring journal uh, that I, I co-created with Kristen Sherry, uh, as, well, as well as my other coloring books that I've worked on over the years and some, some comics too. Fantastic. And Jen, where can people learn more about you? Yeah, so you can come to my website. Um, it's simply creativegroove.com. If you were inspired by hearing about the artist way, I do have a cohort starting January 20, or sorry, January 30th. Um, it's fully online, so anyone anywhere can participate. Um, and I love connecting with people on Instagram. So um, I'm at your creative groove if you'd like to come follow there. I'd love to follow you too and, and meet other creative types. And 
Um, I actually, uh, for a long time, I did host regular free journaling sessions, um, and I'll likely be starting those up again next year. So, um, yes, definitely get in touch with me, and we'd love to have you. Uh, like Linda said, there's a lot of power in um, kind of journaling and solidarity. So I love that you brought this topic to the forefront tonight, Deb, and it's it's been a lot of fun to talk about. Uh, it's been a fun for me, too, absolutely. And if we are not connected, I am at the Deb Method everywhere. And you can go to the devmethod.com slash blog for the recap for this, the replays um, and links as well from the episode. And I am live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific. Or if you'd rather listen, you can subscribe to the Deb Show podcast on your favorite podcast network. And if you'd like a little bit of a nudge with your goals, you can grab a copy of your goal guide at your favorite place to buy books. Oh, I knew this was going to be a wonderful conversation, and I'm so glad I was right. Um, before we wrap, I would love a final thought uh, from each of you. So, Jen? Um, my final thought is to give yourself, some, give yourself some grace around your journaling practice. I think a lot of people who have a goal of journaling think they need to do it every day. Um, and I like to talk about habit elasticity. You know, some days you might journal for just like, a few minutes. Some days you might journal for a full hour, you know, allow yourself to kind of flow uh, with the ebbs and flows of your life and um, allow yourself some time to really get in a good journaling groove. And um, don't give up on it if it doesn't look like everyone else's journaling practice. It's, it's yours. Absolutely. It is yours. Own it for sure. Uh, Sherry, what final thought do you have? Well, I think I'm gonna call back to our last session where I always feel like if you're if you're not sure when to get started or um, don't have time to do anything, to just give yourself 15 minutes to um, as a goal to sit down and just get started. You can work more than 15 minutes, but you know, kind of jumping on what you're saying, Jen, um, to just get started. But if you give yourself 15 minutes for yourself to just relax and write whatever you want to write, that's probably a good way to get started and um, hopefully continue. And if not, you know, give yourself the grace. Awesome. Thanks for that. And Linda, final, final thought to you. Uh, to remember to write about your thoughts and feelings. Our journals aren't just today. I did this and I did that. And, um, you know, it can capture all the stories of our lives to be sure, but the research shows that when we want to really tap into the healing and health benefits of writing, the personal growth benefits of writing, we want to be writing regularly about our thoughts and feelings. And I love the message of grace. You know, if you miss a day of journaling or you want to be a sporadic journal writer, you can journal your way. And to just be very self-loving and self-kind, there's no shoulds or have-tos. There's things that will support you to get more out of it than others. It's like anything. The more often we do something, the more benefit we can gain. Um, and it's, you know, journaling teaches us to love ourselves, to really meet ourselves where we're at and to be self-accepting and to be self-compassionate. So, uh, and it doesn't have to take long. You know, I, every people are always amazed in journaling workshops when I give a five-minute timed writing or a two-minute timed writing. They're amazed at how much comes in five minutes. And so, you know, we can just grab five minutes at a coffee shop in our cars while we're waiting for our kids at a sports game. I've written so many times in my car. 
Uh, and so just catch as catch can, take five, let it be easy, let it be fun, enjoy the journey, because we tend to do things and get to them more when we really like them. So have fun with it. I, I am so with you on all of that. It's your, your journaling time. It's your time. It is your gift. So treat it as a gift and enjoy all the benefits that can come from it. Thank you so much, Jen Jones, Donna Helly, Linda Mon, and Sherry Pear for joining me. And thank you for tuning in, whether you're watching this as Gold Chat Live or tuning into the Dev Show podcast on the Marketing Podcast Network. We're glad you're choosing yourself and journaling. Go on out there and go for it because we know that you can do it. Thanks for listening to the Dev Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Dev Method on social media, and check out thedevmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.